who couldn't get much going off uh, Phillips. He was really good. I think you got to give credit there. He, he did a really good job, had some zip on his fastball. Once a Dodger, always a Dodger. I've been a Dodger since I was 17. I mean, that's special to me. That tells me how much they love me here. That really did throw me off was that hit on Travis Hunter. That was so malicious and dirty. Uh, I thought that guy should have got ejected. That was something that you hate to see in football. That was Micah Parsons, by the way, his comments on that. And uh, coming from a guy that uh, has hit a few people in his collegiate and now NFL yes. career. That was Micah chiming in on that. And boy, that story has has continued, by the way. That that story, and we'll tell you the update on that. But it's a Tuesday afternoon. Jack Michael Show coming to you from our studios at 1020 South 25th Street in Fargo. That's Derek. I gotta thank Derek for lunch today. Appreciate that. That's it's been a while since I've had uh Rolvers. Yeah. <laughs> with the buttertop bun. And the burger that lays out kind of nice and and, and 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 comes over the edge of the bun, fries that are uh, are crinkly. I'm a, I'm a fan. I didn't do the upgrade to cheese curds, which is uh, oh, that's a thing. Oh yeah, that is the. I uh, highly recommend. That is the uh, thing. The uh, uh, Dick Bramer today. We'll talk Twins. Twins fell to the uh, Reds yesterday. Twins didn't get a lot of hits, but they're pretty efficient on the ones the ones they got. Ones that they got produced runs. You know, so I mean, there's that. Uh, but but uh, you know maybe not the cleanest game on the, on the hill and thank you Kansas City no yeah, and but but doesn't matter it's exactly right if you've uh, you know you don't want to stumble into the postseason uh, and on and Nordo filled in for PA today they had a lot of good twin stuff and as we will with Dick Bremer coming up at twelve twenty but hey, you don't want to stumble in but uh, Cleveland has the it, the door has opened about two or three times I want to say Derek right. in the last right but Cleveland has not gone through it. No, that uh, West Coast swing for the old uh, Guardians oh. against the Angels and Giants pretty much sealed their fate. That is safe to say. That was not a good uh, a stretch for them. And I, I think, and it just comes down to I think the Twins want to do enough just to be able to have a chance to wrap things up at Target Field this week. And I, I would guess it's going to be Saturday or Sunday if you know they can at least <laughs> right. win one or two. And if Kansas City can help out them again, it'd be interesting because you then you're you can double your scoreboard it. watching. And I've been in an end on that. That was one of the cooler. Experiences of my life, Jack, is uh, 2003. Yes. Because they wrapped it up on the road in 2002. Yeah. So 2003, we were all sitting there. I can't remember who we were, if it was the Tigers or the White Sox. I can't remember who. I want to feel Tigers, but. But but, but that was, yeah. So I remember we're, listening we're watching to the that. screen, and I was in the, and I'm sitting there in the dugout, watch with like the twins waiting to watch the end of this game to see if they wrap it up or not. Right. If you'd have told uh, 19 year old Derek Hansen, who was just trying to yeah. get in that, that I'd be sitting there talking with Kenny Rogers about, Hey, right. Hey, this is cool. And yeah. then have Dustin Moore pour beer in my head in the locker room. That might've been a little yeah. bit. There's a times like this. I've had a pretty good. Uh, well, you got to uh, separate yourself from a man down there getting sound for his station and right. then being a part of that, as opposed to being, Swept up into the uh, the thrill of, of uh, champagne. It's a and, balance. Yeah, yeah fine. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, you try to be a pro, but uh, it's kind of fun too. I mean. The uh, nine point three 
million. That's not. By the way, that number is not what Patrick Mahomes restructured his contract. That's a bigger, a little number. bigger. It's yeah. <laughs> a larger number. Nine point three million is the viewers of the Colorado State, Colorado. Double overtime That's game. That's pretty good for a 9 p.m. Central time start, 10 o'clock Eastern time start. Most watched late night college football game in the history of ESPN. How about that? So this day and age of streaming and everything else <laughs> right. on a late Saturday night, right? it drew that many eyes. That's ama- That's telling the, you I something. The other game that was going on, but it, but it pushed that, that CU game back to about 10, 20-ish right. or whatever. Even with the game starting after... 10 o'clock Eastern time, you know, and got, got over. I mean, I was still watching at 1 o'clock Central, so that's 2 o'clock Eastern. Still drew 9.3 million viewers. And, and it just. And you know who's aggravated by that more than anyone? Fox. I would say the commissioner <laughs> of the Pac 12, who doesn't have a conference anymore, because yeah, their right. biggest complaint was, oh, no one's watching us this late, where no. all our games are scheduled too late. Well, here's proof if you give people a product that they want. They will go find you, right? So I think when, because USC wasn't complaining about this when they had Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart and probably you know cheating to mm-hmm, win, no, mm-hmm. no getting around it. But nonetheless, that, they didn't that, have this. They, no, they didn't have that type of number. I mean, uh, you know, USC and Oregon back in the day that would draw some eyes. Sure, but, uh, not like you know this is, and in the fact you played a song cut from Micah Parsons. When's the last time you remember? NFL people making a lot of comments on a, a, college, a random Colorado <laughs> game on a Saturday. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, so to say that the, right now they've captured the imagination of the sports fans. It's, it's, uh, I like the promo. Not just football fans, sports fans. I'm assuming you put it together, but of our many different promos, we call them that that, that, that feed into the, the fabric of the station, whether it be PA or bumper to bumper, the power trip. I uh, heard one with, uh, with Mark on the Jack Michaels show. Uh, talking about that, what we were chatting about last week, it's it's a great promo, and he talked about, you know, 60 Minutes was there, whatever. The game's on Fox, because they were on Fox the prior two weeks, the uh, TCU game and then the uh, Nebraska game, drew about $8 million, 9.3 in week three. So and a 10 o'clock Eastern start. At, after 10 o'clock Eastern start. Wow. Here's the other follow to that, and, and I don't know if this ties into the 9.3 or just that humans are... <sighs> You know, once you figure humans out, let us know. <laughs> Text is open. We can't figure ourselves out. <laughs> right, phone lines are open. Yeah. Um, the Colorado State University Police Department and local authorities are now looking into death threats against Colorado State defensive back Henry Blackburn and his family, Derek. Um, of course, he was the one that laid the hit on Travis Hunter. Uh, and, and Micah Parson was talking about that uh, on the thing. But here, here's how we are today. The threats against Blackburn and his family uh, began before the game even ended. Cell phone numbers for Henry Blackburn, the player, and for his mother published on the Internet. What? How? Where? Tell me about it. Like I said, you figure out humans. Published on the Internet, Blackburn's campus address... And his family's home address oh, wow. published as well. And now subsequent death threats coming to him and his family. Now, in this day and age of instability in, in the world world, not just sports, but in the world in general, Derek, uh, this, is the, this is the extension. 
and we made it a topic. Every sports show made it a topic. You know, they, we, we, it, it is the hot button issue because it deals with a late hit. It deals with uh, 9.3 million watch that game. Right. You know, it deals with a lot of different things we do in sports. Targeting, you know, this, that, another thing, you know, knockdown. It, it, it deals. So, of course, we, we addressed that. And we talked about it yesterday. We did our show from a cutting edge. You know, should he have been ejected right away? You know, I think a lot of people thought, yeah. Uh, but death threats, mother's phone number published. Home address and university address published, Derek, on the internet. With uh, and who knows what those uh, that publisher was like. Hey, here's the kid's number. Give him. A, hey, here's the address. To, I mean, where are we, D? Well, I, I will say this. I mean, I think what leads to this too, though. I mean, obviously it's wrong, and, and but I think human nature feels like he wasn't punished the way he should. He should have been kicked out of the game. So we're going to take on. it upon ourselves, right? right. That's like so, the human mind. Yeah, is and like, I'm not oh, saying we'll it's right, care, right, but that's that's part of it. So if, if he's thrown out of the game, and you know. And I, I, you know, Tyler Axis and I were talking about our sister station mm-hmm. yesterday, just the fact that they should almost go, like the NCAA should look at this almost the way that the NHL does. Oh, really? You knocked out a guy with a cheap shot and an unsportsmanlike? Guess what? You're going to be out as long right. as that person's out. Right. I mean, I think that would be a, a fair, because that Not was... a bad call. So if he's out four, you're out four. Exactly. He, you don't get to come back until he does, because it's, you know, the best player on the football team, by the way. And, you know, and that's not like Colorado was... Innocent, a lot of stuff. Did you see the eye poke I, of the quarterback? Was I yeah. mean that was awful. There was a little bit of that going on. Yeah, I gouged a guy. He poked him right in the eye. I mean, what a stupid thing to do. I, it really severely hurt someone doing that. Talking about uh, the Sanders, the quarterback. I get the two kids mixed up. Right. He has two that are playing for right. Should do the QB. Uh, right. And, and, yeah. I mean that's that's awful. And and you know Minneapolis North was known for doing that. The kid like gouged a kid from Minnesota way back when yeah. they're playing it. And that's just there's no. Room for that? What are we doing? It, 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 I was waiting to see the replay uh, or the 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 comments from Jay Norville and willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. You get it's, it's easy to say. I'll, it's easy to say this, and it, this happened. In fact, this happened in a broadcast of of ours of, of mine last year. Uh, a Valley game. It's a very popular team, not North Dakota State, uh, playing North Dakota, and there were a couple of shots that were were that happened on the field. And didn't say it on air, but off air conversations with those that have played and or coached the game said, "Well, here's the deal: it's either condoned or it's you know it's allowed. You know, you know what I'm it saying? Dumb? It's like is it, when it comes to a coach on that, either they, you know, if things happen, if if cheap shots happen, if targets happen, if late hits happen, and they happen enough where it's now a thing." Then you got to go back and say, well, this is either being condoned or taught. Excuse me, is the old adage of it. It's either being condoned, taught or condoned, yeah. taught or condoned. And and I don't know, I don't know what. So I wanted to see what Coach Norvell of Colorado State, who seems like a you know upstanding guy, showed, despite all the stuff Dion made personal. Yeah. If you would have caught earlier press conferences, you'd have heard him with a large degree of respect for Colorado, a large degree of respect for Dion Sanders, respect. So again, but he kicked the hornet's nest talking about the shades did, and the hat. But he did kick the hornet's nest. He shouldn't have. But so his comment on the thing was, uh, "It's sad. It's sad that the state of the world we live in." And he's respecting the, the death threats, and of course he's right of that. Let's. It's a football game. Let's not make it more than that. We don't want you know people to get hurt. He says we don't coach that kind of football or review the play. It's a play that happens sometimes. Uh, he described it as a bang bang play. <laughs> well, that that's that, right. That's not right. Yeah, it, you know, so I, there's. I'm trying to read between and give the benefit of the doubt here. And, yeah, it's a bang-bang play, but then what about afterwards? You know, that that's kind of the, my, my thing. Well, well, then what about afterwards? 
So anyway, it, it is. Um, there are fights before the game. I mean, it, yeah, if it, anything, it spiced up a rivalry that's always been there, but right. certainly was not on the national stage way that Alabama, Auburn, or Michigan, or Ohio but, State was. You know, the, the, the Hunter didn't deserve to be hit late. No, where he was hit, and and the kid that hit him certainly doesn't deserve death threats. Obviously, no. you know, and, and his family and, and his mother's address and cell phone to be given out of the. I mean, there's what does the mother have to do with right. it? I mean, I mean what we you, now you're going to go after the you know the family and the mother? My gosh, can you imagine? Don't blame Renee for all the crap I've done all through my night. My poor Marge, <laughs> yeah. poor I Renee. Mean, she she did the best she could. I'm the one who screwed up. Renee, don't, don't carry the happy sins birthday of, Thursday. By the way, oh, is it Mom's yeah, birthday yeah, Thursday? So before I forget, yeah. yes. she wanted new color commentary the holly uh, barnesville football game friday night P- um, put no. renee on the mic no because for the same reason you're doing that oh, that's game right. you'll be at a she's probably gonna be there. <laughs> my bad i don't want to miss that yeah that's, that's well right. i better not and she, uh, she better not so yeah. i i thought of a quite a dick coming up around the corner there's a lot to get to today the twins not the very least to be in uh, carlos correa exiting after Ooh, aggravating his yeah uh, his fasciitis the uh, the plantar and i you know i don't know you get what 26 men in your postseason roster um, obviously, Carlos going to be there, but well, that, that's... well, considering they're going to wrap up the division, don't you shelf them for a while then, right? Because you want him so. healthy in October for sure. And granted, you want to get his timing down for hitting, but he can get his work in the cage. Yeah, he's get, but you know, the cage isn't necessarily. It's uh, not live. It's live not stuff. You know, it's not yeah. one of the Texas Rangers top guys. You know, throwing ninety six miles an <laughs> right. hour at you either. I just hopefully he can get that going, but. Uh, I guess you really don't have much to lose there. And, of course, the you know, Michael A. Taylor back. I, I just I go back to this again. He's going to be a twin up until November anyways. Oh. Let's uh, let's, let's milk him out and let the, right. let the if he's on the payroll, sit down. If he's on the payroll, <laughs> let's put Well, and he's work. been better offensively than we thought. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. He's been better offensively than Byron yeah. Buxton. And he, obvi- he came in as a defensive uh, juggernaut, a right. stalwart. Yeah, you're right. And offensively, he's, he's come through a time or two. With so the th- rotate the DH, you know, for the best matchups. Let Byron Buxton sit down because I just don't think he if he can't help out in the field. And you're taking a guy out who can feel like Taylor. I, I To me, I just don't – I don't understand the fascination of wanting Buxton to be out there other than they want him and they like him and he's great in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. He's a very nice man. But, you know, There's I, one I'm thing... a pretty nice guy too, but I wasn't the best athlete in right. the world. You won't want me to go and replace Christian Derrissaw because he's hurt. Yeah, there's one thing I have. <laughs> let's say Ken Herbeck is, 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 is at times still somewhat poignant, but he's not the Herbeck he used to be, but he's still right. a, a kind of a presence. There's a reason that you'd say, well, you know, having him in the lineup still gives us – a little bit of a presence, you know, that kind of thing. This isn't that scenario. I don't think with this Byron year with him. This isn't uh, – Especially if he's not playing in the field. I mean, uh, uh, Quickly on the uh, house cleaning notes, the uh, Vikings running backs, I was doing the numbers, Derek. Uh, are, we kind of buried the lead. They picked up a guy. Yeah, they, we did bury the lead a little bit. So Reisner is a Viking, Dalton Reisner, and if you've been following the Broncos and or just large men, uh, you would have noticed Dalton Reisner. Uh, so it looks like a, a four four million dollar deal for the remainder of the year. Huh. Uh, I saw this stat: the Vikings running backs are averaging zero point seven seven yards before contact. Yikes! <laughs> and it's self-explanatory. If you need to go in those numbers, you really don't have to look farther than what that statement just said. It means before they're contacted, they're only getting zero point seven, which means there's not really a a place to run. That's open on the line before you're being contacted. Well, and I, 
I think I've said like a broken record with you on the show, right? You got to have balance on offense. I don't yep. care if it's passing league, running league. No, it's balance. It always has been balance. It's just it was a little bit more probably leaned to the running game back in the seventies, right? But yep. I don't think there's any doubt that that changed with Joe Montana and the Forty sure. ers perfecting Jerry Burns' offense, right? It's yeah, just... I, I agree. I was watching, and unfortunately, Nick Chubb, uh, man, oh, alive. man, and I'm such a Nick Chubb fan. Aren't you a Chubb fan? He just oh, a, back on his days at Georgia, he oh, was unbelievable. He's yep. just he's just a bulldog. No pun intended. He's just a bulldog, you know. And he, he <laughs> runs hard and he gets through. And, and even and, and he was looking good last night. He started to get his traction. They were opening up. And I'm not a fan of you know. I don't root for either team, so whatever. Uh, but man, alive and and the, the injury, I guess. And and some of our colleagues at work here have it. I haven't seen it. Don't want to. Don't don't think I want to. But it it uh, it's as I, bad I as you think it is. Uh. It's no, as bad I won't as you think it, it is. No. So it's it's uh, 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 so he's out, and uh, those fantasy owners out there. Not to make it about fantasy, it's a human life that could be certainly probably going to be out this year, and who knows? Because now he is sustained on the same knee, you know, a lot of trauma, and and I don't know what the uh, the story is on that. I mentioned uh, for the text club today, Derek. That kind of deep today, uh, buried this lead too. Obviously, uh, Derek and I were kind of talking about this earlier off air. Uh, we lost our longtime friend and, and partner, Maury Wills, on this day, passed away. He was 89, just a couple of weeks shy of his 90th birthday, so we lost Maury on this day. And, and it's always it's kind of a, a somber day for me, uh, having a close tie to him. So my question, though, today, uh, Derek, is one of two parts. I'll even ask Dick at least one of these. One of your greatest non-relatives, someone you're not related to, so not like a parent or a brother or sister or whatever, one of your greatest non-relative influences you've had in your life. Ooh, there you go. So we got some good ones. Yeah, three five two seven. Oh, you can text, and then if then my second question is, you think you've had it rough? I slash we blank. So that's a theory of like, you know, Wills was the seventh of 13 children, grew up in the projects of Washington, D.C., Derek, as you know, didn't even own a pair of cleats, ran into several whites-only signs at restaurants, uh, hotels, bathrooms, spent eight years in minor leagues. We know Maury's story. It, it is not one of, it doesn't come without hardship and overcoming a lot of different things. So, again, I listen to him talk about him and going, wow, I guess I don't have it rough. That's this question number two today is when you get a young person that comes up and goes, I don't have the top-of-the-line shoes. I don't have the top-of-the-line iPhone. Really? Well, when I slash we fill in the blank. So that's my question number two. It's like our generations to them. But what are your greatest non-relative influences you've had in your life? 35270. We'll come back. Dick Bramer next. Brought to you by Jefferson Lines right here on 740 The Fan. Power Trip Morning Show. Weekday mornings at 5.30. There's something curious about this broadcast. Intense, isn't it? 7.40 The Fan. At Jefferson Lines, uh, been your number one bus experience for 100 years, I might add. And by the way, Derek, I got a, a voicemail message on my office. Someone said, Jack, where is the American Association at? Well, let me uh, get that in real quick since it's a baseball segment. Uh, Kansas City and Chicago are tied at game apiece. It's a best of five series. The series shifts over to Kansas City tonight for game uh, three. And that's the uh, best of five. So that series is tied at one game a piece. Soon we'll be talking about postseason baseball for the Minnesota Twins, but we've still got some work to do. The uh, voice of the Twins, television voice of the Twins, is Dick Bremer. And uh, Dick let one go last night a little bit. They were efficient on the on the hits that they got, Dick. They just didn't get enough to uh, to score more runs than the Cincinnati Reds yesterday. 
Yeah, and Joe Ryan struggled with his control a little bit. He had, uh, what, three walks and two of them scored. And I think the team had five walks and three of them scored. And just another reminder that uh, if you're playing a good team, and the Reds have a good team, if you're playing a good team, you can't put any uh, extra guys on base. Uh, We'll see what happens here tonight. But it was still a good day for the Twins because yesterday afternoon, uh, the Royals scored four in the eighth and beat the Guardians, so the magic number still went down. And not a bad day for the Baldelli family, yeah. Dick Bremer, huh? <laughs> right? Yeah, they had uh, their twin boys on Sunday night. Rocco uh, managed the team. I don't know how he or anybody can do that, but he managed the team through Saturday. Uh, went to O'Hare, spent the night in a hotel at the airport, got up first thing Sunday, and uh, 20, less than 24 hours later, uh, they uh, – they are now a family of five, so we're uh, very happy about that, and congratulations to them. Yeah, maybe he and Joe Maurer's twins can all play together. We could have a you know almost a half <laughs> of a baseball team out there, Dick. <laughs> well, I know, and uh, given what happened to the Maurer's and the Baldellis, I'm glad my uh, 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 child-raising days are behind me, and that was a long time ago. I, I don't know that I could. I could handle two of them one time. Well, Jack went through <laughs> it with Cam I, and Sam. I'll tell so. you, it, it went from a pure ecstatic joy to – Double everything. Diapers, double <laughs> shoes, double pants, double clothing, double this, double that. I learned how to multiply by two, Dick, uh, pretty quick. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, you mentioned it, too. You know, Joe Ryan, he had a tough, you know, certain situations, but he's still got to be one of the guys come October, right? Because, I mean, those top three guys are going to be the rotation, Maeda and Sonny Gray and him, you think? I would think so. Um, you know, there's there's some creative ways you can go about it because you, you play that first series uh, with the hope, maybe even the confidence, that you'll be able to, you know, get through that series, but then right away the next series would start. And so you have to be a little conscious of that, that you don't, you know, that you've got somebody to start that next series if you win the best of three to get things started. Uh, a little disappointed last night, Dallas Keuchel, who we thought might be a, a component of a creative way to put a game together with, uh, say, Ryan giving four or five innings as he did last night and then come in with a, a you know soft-tossing, finesse lefty, uh, that maybe that would be kind of a way to to uh, you know get through a game even at, at the playoff level. But Dallas struggled, gave up a bunch of hits and walks and uh, didn't have a real good outing last night. So we'll see what they come up with. But I think if they go the traditional route, and go with three of their best starting pitchers, then clearly, uh, you know, Ryan would be a part of that unless Bailey Ober has a really good outing or two here yet uh, before the end of the season. Dick, you pointed out to us uh, well last week about what Carlos Correa has been going through and enduring, and, and, and certainly not to make excuses for Carlos, but you had mentioned that that obviously he's he's been battling this plantar fasciitis that, that is, if anybody's had that, they know that it's just not fun. Uh, so yesterday he leaves the game. Uh, what did you hear post game? And obviously we're not that far removed here, but but what are you hearing about that situation? Well, he said he felt something almost pop, which uh, is never a good thing uh, when the, uh, any part of your body makes a sound like that. Right. Uh, but the first thing I thought of when I read that is you may remember was three four years ago uh, Nelson Cruz had a wrist issue and something popped in his wrist, and he thought the worst, and turns out it was the best thing because whatever it was, scar tissue or whatever, uh, it released the tension that was in the wrist, and he went on and felt better after this popping sensation than before. I don't know, frankly, what the chances are of 
uh, Carlos uh, getting that lucky with this, uh, I would think it'll be very unlikely that he will play tonight or tomorrow. The Twins have an off day coming up on Thursday, and then hopefully he'll be able to feel uh, better uh, and be able to take the field Friday. It kind of looks like the Twins might be able to clinch this weekend. I know he wants to be a part of it, but all you have to do to uh, realize or be reminded of the significance of this injury and how painful it is, Jonathan India, the red second baseman, uh, missed six weeks with the same, thing, the same foot, ironically, the left foot, plantar fasciitis, and the Reds, who were you know, in the middle of the division and- wild card race, they had no choice but to put him on the injured list and he was there for about six weeks before just coming back within the last week or so. You know, speaking of injuries, you know, we seem like we're on the weekly uh, Byron Buxton watch, but I think more than anything, it's nice to see Michael A. Taylor back, and he makes an unbelievable play. It just makes me wonder again if, you know, obviously I think Craig may want to rest his foot for the rest of the season, and it's a situation again. It'd be nice to have Byron Buxton out there as a weapon, but if he can't play in the field, I just don't know if they want to mess this up. You know, rotating these DHs has worked out pretty well, Well, and Taylor's really good in the outfield. And it's been better offensively than what we thought coming into the season. Yeah, and I asked the question yesterday about uh, Byron Buxton and was told that he uh, is still on track. He's doing, he's swinging, uh, he's uh, feeling better, and the hope is with, uh, what is it now, 11 games left, I guess, that he'll be able to get out and uh, play some in the regular season and be ready to go for the postseason. You know, you're you're in a situation here, though, where, uh, and it's better than it used to be when the minor leagues shut down around Labor Day. Now at least the AAA team uh, has a few more games left, uh, but then there won't be, you know, competitive games to be played anywhere in the minor league system. And so we'll have to wait and see, A, how Byron feels. I know it sure would be nice to have both he and Correa in the starting lineup. The one thing that uh, everyone should remember regarding Correa, when he missed time last year, Royce Lewis stepped in, played a great shortstop, and you know hit the ball really well. So uh, they've got a, a pretty good shortstop to back Correa up in the event he has to be shut down for a while. But still, you want your big horses out there once you get into October. Talking Twins, Dick Bremer, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. You know, it's at this juncture, Dick, I think everybody becomes an armchair. I'll use the term armchair quarterback, I guess. But baseball is such a different sport. You know, coaches will tell you or managers will tell you, uh, coaches in other sports will say, I, I'm, I'm, this, uh, the team I feel, the team I put out there is going to give us the best chance to win. And we hear the best chance to win. Well, sometimes in baseball, Dick, depending on maybe who's throwing uh, that day, obviously a, a starting pitcher that goes deep into a game that reduces the opponent's runs gives you a best chance to win. But it, with regards to Buxton, with regards to other players, and everybody's armchair in this thing going, ah, I'd leave Gallo down, I wouldn't even have – Buxton part of the equation. Everybody's saying, hey, we're talking about the best chance to win, Dick. And, and have you kind of rolled that around your head a little bit, talking about what gives the Twins a best chance to win in the postseason? Well, you guys know as well as I do that in, in recent years, the Twins went as Buxton went. Uh, their record, you know, they'd win six out of 10 with him in the lineup, only four out of 10 uh, with him out of the lineup. But that's what's made this season. Uh, so unusual, I guess. They have uh, pulled away from the Guardians uh, and are on the verge of winning a division for the most part without him. He hasn't played in the field at all. He's been an okay designated hitter when he's been healthy. Uh, but we have to remind ourselves how talented he is, how much he means to this team, and if he is physically able to play, 
the Twins are a much better team with him in the lineup than in the trainer's room. So we'll have to wait and see how he feels. Uh, you know, we're, again, running out of time now, 11 games, and he's not with us here in Cincinnati. Uh, and then next week there will be no AAA games to, uh, to, to be played anywhere. So we'll have to wait and see how he feels and whether he can become a factor or not. I know this. I'd love to see a healthy Byron Buxton out there in center field uh, and hitting third in the lineup. But he's been out now a good bit of time. And what we've known from Byron is that sometimes it takes him a while to find a swing. So that's a concern as well. You mentioned Royce Lewis earlier. I mean, uh, just the fact that you even have four opportunities to hit a grand slam. And he's even had more opportunities than that than he has a cash in, which is fine, you know. But it's just remarkable what this guy's been able to do in this short time that he's been playing. Kyle Farmer pointed out yesterday that the day before Juan Soto for the Padres hit his first career grand slam. First. <laughs> and Soto's been around longer than Royce Lewis has. <laughs> That's a, and uh, Lewis got, what, four of them in eight four of them in three weeks. So uh, it's been an incredible run. And, and you know, what you you have to admit is, you know, for years now we've all said, boy, if the Twins could just have that right-handed bat, if Byron could just stay healthy, uh, they'd have that big bat and the right-handed bat in the middle of the lineup. Well, they have that now, and it's not Byron Buxton. It's Royce Lewis. It's incredible. You know, just down the road, I'm sure we've got some people tuning in, and, and Travis Hafner's joined us for weekly shows over the years, and half is such a good guy. You know, but he went on a grand slam tear one, yep. one season, did he not? You know, that Travis did on all that. Uh, Dick, you know what else I'd pay mine to see? Watch Alex Kirilov hit opposite field home runs. Man alive, can he just go oppo with, with, with just an effortless swing? Yeah, it is, and he's a bigger guy, but we've seen the same thing from Eddie Julian, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, Eddie's, what, 6'2", 190 pounds, whatever, but he's got incredible power to the opposite field. And, and you know, we've seen Royce from the right side, you know, hit balls to over the fence uh, down the right field line, too. I think it bodes really well for the future for all these guys. We've seen Walner hit some to the opposite field, too, but when you – it seems to me, and I couldn't hit, right? I'm, I don't claim to be a hitter, but I know what I've seen. And it seems like when a hitter is convinced he's big enough and strong enough to hit the ball out to the opposite field, they are less apt to get pull happy. And uh, I think that really bodes well both for Royce and for Eddie Julian, Alex Kirilov, and just about all these young guys that have come up in the last year or two uh, they seem to have the uh, ability and the willingness to use the whole field, and that should keep their batting averages, uh, you know, higher than they would if they were just pulling the ball. Yeah, for sure. Tom Kelly's smiling somewhere when he watches all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he always appreciated guys who got <laughs> spray the ball. I don't have to tell you that is for sure. Well, and it's you know, you mentioned some of the names there. You know, we'll focus so much on a Pablo for you know, a rise trade, whatever, and you know, I think part of. You know, as you said, Jack, armchair quarterbacking is right. also second-guessing Derek and Thad, guys who make personnel decisions. But we mentioned Michael A. Taylor and some of these other guys and some of these young kids who have come up from the minor leagues. you got to give them a lot of credit. I mean, we always look at the negative stuff times as fans, but, man, they made some moves to put themselves in this position. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's you know, there are some uh, veteran guys like Solano on the team, and uh, Michael A. Taylor isn't an old guy by any means, but he's bounced around a number of different organizations. But we were trying to make the point last night on the telecast that, okay, we talk about these young guys, Lewis and Julian and um, Walner and Kirilov, 
Ryan Jeffers is only five months older than Alex Kirilov. And it, it, I think most Twins fans get the feeling that Ryan's been around longer than he has, but we've also seen him develop and improve immensely uh, offensively. And so, uh, you know, as we talk about this youth movement that the Twins have undergone in what is very likely going to be a championship season, that uh, in and of itself is unusual. But let's not leave Ryan Jeffers off the list of players that have really stepped forward this year and, and improved a lot offensively. The uh, the last thing, one of the last things I have for Dick today, uh, Dick Bremer's appearance brought to you by Jefferson Lines. The uh, playoff bound Rays, I don't know if you guys saw this, and I know, Derek, you've spent time down in Tampa St. Pete. Obviously, Dick has been on there several, obviously, many times. But they have uh, they put the finishing touches, Dick, on a plans for a new 30,000-seat ballpark. And I said that correctly, uh, folks, 30,000-seat. Now, if that doesn't seem... Like a like a massive stadium, you know, I'd say 40, 50. It's 30. I think they wanted that intimacy, Dick. $1.3 billion, half of it coming from the Rays, half from the city and county governments, and, and it will have a fixed roof in rainy and hot Florida, but we'll have a kind of low-profile doors and windows on the sides that can open up and things of that nature. But 30,000, they're kind of shooting for intimacy. Uh, down there, Dick, you've been to Tampa St. Pete a gazillion times over there. Uh, your thoughts on this $1.3 billion new 30,000-seat ballpark? Well, 30,000 does seem small, but then you have to realize that's roughly three times the average attendance of what they've been uh-huh. getting with one of the better products on the field over the last five years. Uh, I think they're, it's a great relief because of the fans who are there, and, and they deserve to have a new ballpark. Uh but there is some concern because, you know, nobody claimed the Metrodome was a great ballpark for baseball, right? right? But when the team was good, they drew 50-some thousand, you know, for playoff games or, you know, big games that would be during the regular season. Well, they've never done that in St. Petersburg. And for the longest time now, as they've tried to get a ballpark, their priority has been to try to get it done in Tampa where the money is and where the population is. But they couldn't get it done there, so they're apparently going to get it done in St. Petersburg. And on the one hand, that's great. Solves a lot of problems for Major League Baseball. They didn't want to relocate the team to a city that might get an expansion team. So it looks like it's a done deal, and and it's good for them. But uh, there is some concern, I know, within the industry that there's a reason that the fans never showed up to watch a really good product in in a bad ballpark. Uh, the question is, are they going to show up to see potentially a really good team in a better ballpark when there's really no history to support that? It, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Derek, it's all part of a $6.5 billion project that's sure. housing and all that things as well. Too, so, right? so is it adjacent to where the TROP is? Because that, as Dick is saying, it's not really the greatest part of town that you want to be in. It's kind it's of hard to get to. An 86-acre tract of downtown land where Tropicana Field now sits. Yeah, yeah that's... It's not really ideal, is it, Dick? I mean, because I mean, because I went there to look at it one time. Because not too far from there is the Phillies complex in, in, Clearwater. in Clearwater, where Chris Coase is very familiar with, and that's beautiful. Right. They could almost be better off playing home games there on nice <laughs> days and probably get a bigger crowd. Yeah, it's it's. I had somebody tell me when baseball announced the expansion plans to Miami and St. Petersburg, and this was a baseball scout. He wasn't a you know a CFO or anything like that, but he told me. That's probably 30 years ago now, whatever, when they were talking about expanding, that baseball, Major League Baseball, would never succeed in the state of Florida because there's too many other things to do, 
people move there from Philadelphia, from Minnesota, from Fargo. They move there from a different area. They've already got allegiance to their own team. They would never support their own team. And whether that's been part of the problem or not, I don't know. But uh, it's big news for baseball, and, and we'll, we'll you know, take it uh, as good news until we find out otherwise. But it, it, I think baseball's preference has always been to try to get that franchise move a half hour away over to Tampa where they might have better uh, fan support. On that note, uh, Twins fans, snatch up those tickets and get ready for post I don't want to put the cart before, but, you know, let's let's not get ourselves. Those ticket strips are available right now. I'd love to see Target Field filled up strong on that. Uh, did you say Maeda tonight, right, Dick? Is Kenta tonight? Yeah, Maeda tonight and then over tomorrow afternoon. Okay, and Cincinnati. Dick pointed out something yesterday. I, I did a basketball game in Louisville, and we flew out of Cincinnati, and I thought, flying out of Cincinnati? But then I realized... Like you said yesterday, Dick, you could see Kentucky from all. From, from all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you mentioned that. I went, he's exactly right. It's, it's like a, it's oh, yeah. like going from Fargo to Moorhead almost. Yeah, those, a little those Louisville like, Cincinnati basketball games <laughs> yeah, back we, in the day. Uh, we were wondering. Yeah, we were wondering whether there's any other ballpark where you can see another state. You probably can if you're high enough in St. Louis. You can probably see Illinois, and then uh, Latroy mentioned Washington D.C. And I said, well, we're so high up in the press box there. You can actually see Rhode Island. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, it's always great. We can maybe see, you know, Wisconsin from the top of Target Field. We just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Right. Is that a shot at Scotty's a little bit there? See, I got that uh, in Wisconsin there. Wisconsin is a beautiful state. Oh, they, I got yeah, a lot that. of trees. And yeah. they speed in packs, by the way, in the Wisconsin. We don't want to get into the traffic laws. Uh, Dick, as always, uh, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, as always, uh, love to have you on. And uh, we'll chat again next week. Thank you, Dick. You got it, fellas. Dick Vermer, uh, television voice of the Minnesota Twins. His appearance uh, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. <laughs> I've done. I was in between, like doing the. Co- I was heading back to do the coaches. <laughs> Dick, or afterwards, say, "Oh, you can see uh, Kentucky from here." And I thought, you know what? He's exactly yeah. right. I, you know, geographically speaking, Derek, and we've been all over the country. You know, calling games. I literally never thought about. The closeness of Louisville and, and never had. In fact, on our last flight, we we uh, our charter flight this past weekend, one of the uh, the rows I was in, I was sitting next to two actual workers of a, of of an airline, and the woman to my left, who's part of the crew, she couldn't sit up front, so she's sitting back with. Me. <laughs> she goes, "Oh, I'm from Cincinnati." I said, "And we just started talking about that." I said, "I didn't realize how." Close Louisville was. Oh, my boyfriend's from Louisville. Yeah, yeah. It's just a zip, a quick shot up and down. I'm like. You don't even think about that. You're right. Those Louisville, Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, well, even Kentucky, Cincinnati. I mean, Kentucky, Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that triangle rivalry that people didn't really know about because they're always in a different conference. Right. But it you was, never put them together. No, and you realize in proximity, it's like you know Augustana and, and. I've never been to Cincinnati. I've always kind of wanted to go because it's kind of a smaller big town, right? It's, it I mean, is it's a, a medium market to say the least. So. Got uh, called one game there at Fifth Third Bank. Uh, arena, a basketball uh, game there. In fact, I think it was the first Division One game for the Bison women. <laughs> I'm now going back into my... And Katie Lorenz, as now this is coming back to me, on a sprained ankle, mind you, dropped 30, and they beat the Bearcats. Wow. And I thought, wow, indeed. I forgot about that. <laughs> then lost by like 70 to TCU later. But, I mean, it was, it was like the transition years yeah. where you're trying to b- put a barometer on how, okay, how's this D2 school, right. you know, how's it going to play against D1s? And, and then they beat Cincinnati. I thought, okay, well, they'll fare. And then they 
played a top 25 team. It well, well, that's a little different. Quick timeout. We'll come back with more. It's a Tuesday edition. Jack Michael Show, Derek Hansen, today on 740 The Fan. He's going to fire. This is great hearing your calls. How can you not get excited when you when you hearing your calls? Those are crazy. Nine to noon weekdays on seven forty the fan. I had a guy, Derek, one of my uh, jobs, I guess it wasn't a job. My buddy and I kept score of uh, the City League in uh, Williston, North Dakota. I had the City League basketball. And this is not unlike you see today. It's guys that are past their prime, you know, in their 30s or 40s or 50s that are playing on a Sunday at a gym. In, in our case, it was the Williston uh, Junior College uh, uh, gym. My buddy and I would, would keep score of, of their games. I would run the clock, and then, we'd you know, we'd switch it up and run score. And we're probably in our middle score, 13, 14, 15, maybe 15, 16 years old. And we'd, we'd, we'd loved it because on that, on that floor – for guys like Bob Waldall, who played for the Knicks, uh, ran uh, the, the bar in Watford City, and then Bob now has since passed, but a, a superhuman being. On that floor was Kevin Anderson, a guy that played for the Chicago Bulls. Kevin came back to work a job at Alexander. On that floor were just some of the greatest, and we were just like, these are the guys. And to my question today about one of your greatest non-relative influences you had in your life, or at least someone that, that did it on that, and I've had many, as I'm sure you have, Derek. Um, I remember a guy named Tom Petrick, who's still very much... Uh, and Tom was one of these great ball players, and he comes over to me after a city league game and says, "What's your plan for next year? Basketball?" I said, oh, "I hope I can make the varsity team." He goes, "Make it. Your goal should be to start." Mm, man. And as a sophomore, about third game in, I was starting as a var- but but I had a guy that that like took time out to drill that into me and set my whole vision differently. Like in high school, you know. Lee Halverson, my broadcast partner, lost his voice doing a state tournament, said, you're on. I said, I can't do this. He said, "You, what do you mean? You've been imitating me for five years. Why don't you just go do the influencer in your life? So, you know, on today's, they recognize the, the, the passing of Maury Wills, who was a big influence. That was our text club question today, 35270. Uh, one of your greatest non-relative influences in your life. And, and it, your first word, Derek, was like, Oh my gosh, where do I start? Yeah, well, I mean, two are, and I guess for people that went to had mass common Bemidji State back in the early mid '90s, I think if you if you got in a radio, uh, two gentlemen by the name of Bob and Roger. Roger owned some stations up there and also instructed a lot of our broadcast emphasis. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Bob was, you know, does he's retired now? Does image photography? If you're looking for a photographer, there but. You go. Uh, it was weird because you sit there in the classes and, you, and many of them you just tell stories about radio, right? Just like, and you're like, oh, what is, what are you talking about? What? Right. And then, what did you learn from them? Um, everything they said was right. Thank you. <laughs> and I went back to the mass combat and the next year I said, I want to thank you guys because everything you said is 100%. Spot and they just smiled. And yeah, I mean, just uh, really having an idea of what this business is all about, what to expect, the, you know, the, creative conflicts you'll have with salespeople versus programming. I mean, right, just right. Like everything How that you're dealing with. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the fact that listeners really don't care what you have, if you like a song or not, don't tell. I mean, it doesn't matter. Right. It's, it's, it's all it's these little things. It's about what they like. Yeah, yeah right. And, and then there's this, and you're like, okay, yeah. Hey, if you're going to be on a morning show music station, uh, they like the music more than you. Not everyone's Tom Bernard. I'm like, <laughs> 
You're right. I found that out in a quick hurry, too. Oh, so you like Robert Plant's voice more than mine. I get it, yeah. <laughs> little shot to KQRS back in the day. Oh, for the sure. Well, I mean, let's face it. He was a regional influence. He was the man. He worked here in town. But then he ruined a lot of young people who want to be like that and think they can talk in an FM station for 10 minutes and tell jokes. Yeah, I mean, you just... You're not. You're not that good. There was only one Steve. There, well, as much as people don't do, Steve Cannon. Yes. I know this is leaked into a, a broadcast thing, but Steve Cannon, the Cannon mess, was in. You worked at CCO. Uh, was He'd incredible. Come back and, yeah. and he would use different voices, and he come into the uh, the studio with papers everywhere with little topics, kind of like Common does, you know, a little bit like that. And uh, and and he called it the Cannon mess. I, See, I think Steve Cannon would just strike you down from the heavens if you compared him to. Well, I know. I just, I mean, I just knowing yeah, both of them, knowing both of different. I was just trying to go look for. I, you're a, right. You you are right though. Maybe but, Common comes in no. with nothing. He says he does, and Cannon came in well, with everything, and then yeah. But but I think what your comparison is right, and I'm having fun with it because it's because I know right, those a little right, bit, right. and the kind of the rivalry when I was there between those two stations. Right. It's just the fact that you're right, where everything was an outline, not a script. Right. Which right. is what, kind of what you and I are too. Outlines. We're gonna hit. Right. This, that, this, that, and do that. But yeah, those are the influences that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that's why I threw the question out today. Greatest non-relative influences that you had uh, in your life on on, on this one. Uh, Derek, we got a busy week. How about uh, our volleyball match of the week? Yeah. It's like volleyball night in America tonight. Uh, Central cast. Now the squirrels are at home. And they're facing Northern Cass. Ranked number two in the last poll in State B. Northern Cass is uh, really good. They've been good for a while. (laughs) Coming off a state title, they got some height. They've got experience and all that kind of stuff. But I believe it's it's homecoming weeks and various weeks. I'm not mistaken. I think it might be Central Cass's too. So that always adds a little extra. So tonight, uh, I love this. It's an open week for me from for UND football. So I I like the fact I get to run out and and, uh, one of my favorite sports on the planet, volleyball. Call that tonight. So uh, Central Cass, we're coming. On 740 Fan, then equally, I'm equally excited about Friday night, two institutions, high schools uh, that are uh, got a lot of history, great coaching and all that. Barnesville and Holly Friday night it is our Friday Night Lights uh, game this week, and uh, Derek has allowed me to uh, jump in to do you're that. You're ba- bailing me out is what you're doing. <laughs> so I'm going to jump in and, and call some high boys getting married that day, so... Yeah. so. Uh, Boy, have I gotten grief. If I see you at the that. game, I know that the wedding, the post-wedding, didn't it, it either got cut I think off. people are, like, expecting me to show. It's Holly and Barnesville, so no. <laughs> well, I think the ceremony's, like, four, so no, yeah. I know. You need I to know. watch. Have you watched Nate Bargatze at, uh, on, on Netflix? No, I've literally Anthony. Is that Red. the guy who takes his shirt off? Mm, or is that someone else? No, he's just, he's just a very common, um, everyday Tennessee guy that, that uh, married with a child. Dad's a... His dad was a clown <laughs> growing up. You know, he grew up in that type of household. He was a clown, uh, a performer. But Bargazzi was doing that, and he's got a shtick on his uh, on his, how his wedding went. He said, well, I let my wife and her mother plan the wedding, and they're the, the two cheapest people. In fact, my mother-in-law, either his mother or mother-in-law, hired the DJ. Says, uh, he says, uh, so he just brought a bunch of CDs, and his line was, and this is when the Internet was doing really well. <laughs> He goes. He played the same song three times in a row. Oh man! And then proceeded to talk about how "White Wedding" was sung by Billy Joel. But he went on the whole Billy Joel, yeah, right? He, he he goes on this whole thing. Oh, you gotta get. You gotta see Nate Gotcha. He's just. Uh, he's been in town too. I well, I think you remember him not too long ago. Some texts coming in. Yes. They, these are some pretty good ones. Too. Influences. Yes, influences. 
Sonny Goldsvig, Concordia coach. Oh, great. great. Uh, Fort Yates basketball coach Clark Swisher for this person. Uh, past NDSU AD, is it Millen Stone? Am I saying that right? Oh. Uh, and, of course, someone references another fellow beaver. Uh, you're talking about Mr. Bob Smith and Mr. Roger Pass fan. You know? Oh, someone from Bemidji yeah, State yeah, recognizes so they, that. Someone who's a mascom with me knows what I'm talking about. I mean, they were just that good telling your experiences, right? I mean, it just I, I can't stress that enough. And let's see. I think that's about it. So, yeah, some pretty good ones there. I uh, I love that. Yeah, it, it fire those out at, at, at 35270, our text club on that. Big thanks to Dick Bremer joining us uh, tomorrow on the program. Uh, Bailey Ober will be joining us. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Kyle Farmer. Yeah. We won't be here. And saying. <laughs> I'm saying that Twins baseball tomorrow. And because it's on the Eastern time, uh, that's an 11 a.m. pre with like an 11.35-ish oh, first pitch. So that's a that's a and hopefully the twins can get tonight and like you and Dick were talking about find a way to put themselves in a position to clinch at home against the Angels over the weekend that would be the best thing be a lot of fun volleyball tonight around six forty five we'll hit the airways tonight uh, be in Castleton Central Cast and Northern Cast so uh, join us for that stick around Common Man not Steve Cannon Common Man is coming <laughs> up next. The common man mess. (laughs) The common man mess. That'd be another way to put it. KNFL, the other 107.3 FM and 740, the fans.